0: Hello, welcome, welcome to the Healthcare Marketing Underground podcast for the week of September 6th, September, September 6th, 2015. This is episode 269 and I am Chris Bevelo, EVP at Revive Health. Joining me today are
1: Uh,
2: Chris Boyer, SVP of Revive Health and Dana Weymouth, Operations Manager, Revive Health operations those, manager. Yes,
0: operations manager. For those of you new to the podcast, this is a forum for riffing and ranting on hot or important healthcare marketing topics, trends, and ideas. With a whole lot of other noise thrown in.
1: <laughs> God, we well, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully a lot of not background noise because we're getting the fire alarm testings today in our building. Nice timing, yeah. <laughs>
0: nice.
1: A whole lot of other noise thrown
0: in. That's right. <laughs> fire alarms, construction. Yeah, Jolly Green Giants toilet. We had that sound like five minutes ago. We we're like, what is that? <laughs> it sounds like somebody flushed a toilet that's like 18 times bigger than normal, four floors <laughs> up.
1: Why does every podcast with you, Chris, involve toilets somehow? I don't think that's the case, but we could make
0: it so. <laughs> <laughs> we can make it so. How are you guys doing?
1: Good. Great, I'm so excited, Chris. Tomorrow I'm going to the Minnesota State Fair. Oh, well, is that the first day? Uh, well, it actually opened yesterday, but uh, I'm going this weekend, so... Nice. Very excited. Well, I heard something know? about fried pork chops or fried ribs or... Fried ribs. Fried well, ribs. And you could get anything fried there, I think. Yeah,
0: pretty much anything.
1: I mean, they let you just come by and just throw anything into the fryer. Any food, <laughs> product, you know, children, whatever. Oh. Children? You <laughs> went right to the... What is that? <laughs> Well, we can't wait to hear
0: your foodie feedback. Chris Boyer with foodie feedback. <laughs> the the state fair is, is the opposite of foodie world. So just be ready. Yeah. It's opposite of hipster. It's the opposite of, you know, it's got all kinds of awesome foods, but they are not, Foodie foods. They are carnival foods.
2: It's much more on the wino side of things. Right? <laughs> I tie in. That's right. It yes. That definition of wino, not the
1: um, Jackie definition of wino. Yeah. But we'll get
2: that po- podcast up soon.
1: That was good. Oh, that's right. That's right. But it's so opposite of hipster. It's hipster.
0: That's possible. No, yeah. it's not, dude. It's not. <laughs> it's really not. You can't, you won't know until you experience it. And then you'll go, that was not so opposite of hipster. It's hipster. That was just the opposite of hipster.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, but it's so awesome. We're
0: going next week. I'm taking a day off and we're going next week taking the, you have to take a day off out here to do it. Well, you should spend a good, at least half day or day there. Yes. Mm -hmm. You can do it on the weekend. That's cool too. But Mm -hmm. then it's you and 300,000 other people, Mm. which, uh, Enjoy that. (laughs) All right. Should we get going here? Yes. All right. So uh, we got a whole slew of speaking events. We're not going to rattle through those. Go to thinkrevivehealth.com slash events, slash or backslash? Backslash. Backslash events, and you'll see all of our speaking gigs coming up. We have many, many of them. Uh, But two that are important Uh, one is still open. The other is closed. The one that is uh, closed is the Joe Public Retreat. That is September 9th through 11th. We've hit our capacity. So, um, but we can't wait for that. And the good news is if you did not get a chance to attend this year's Joe Public Retreat, we have another one coming in February. We're working on dates and, and places. So we will have that information uh, for sure by the Joe Public Retreat. So that's September 9th, but possibly sooner. And then we have our senior, or I'm sorry, the Summit. It's reading backwards. The Summit, uh, which is November 9th through 11th. See how we keep it consistent like that so people can remember. 9 through 11, 9 through 11. And that is in Laguna Beach, California, whereas Joe Public Retreat is in Half Moon Bay, California. It's very California-heavy yeah. slate. <laughs> but the Summit is focused on payer-provider uh, negotiations, managed care, Um uh, mm-hmm. Our survey that we did, the payer trust survey. So lots and lots of great content there as well. Whereas the Joe Public Retreat is focused on how you transform your approach to marketing as a hospital health system. There you have it. Speaking of which, look at that segue. That's not a bad one. We are going to do, um, boy, it's not often, it's very hard for me because I don't want to, I never want to take somebody to task. Because we're all out here trying to do, you know, we're trying to put our opinions out there. Uh, We all have strong opinions. Some are good. Some are bad. Um, So I I don't want to take someone to task. And maybe we should just not, um, maybe we should just not say who this is from on the good one. What we're going to do is like, do you remember, do you guys ever read highlights when you were kids? Uh,
1: yes, yeah, Goofus and Gallant. Isn't that where you're That's going for him it. Yeah, it was, thank you for remembering.
0: <laughs> Goof, do you remember that, Dana?
1: No, sorry. Oh, you're, too young. I know. you're too young for
0: Goofus and Gallant. We've got a Goofus and Gallant podcast or um, blog post kind of comparison today. Not intentionally, but I think it just turned out that way. We have, we're going to start with the Goofus one. Um, <laughs> and I think what we'll do is... Just because this isn't about picking on somebody, it's more about the content. We won't say where it's from. Uh, We'll provide a link if people want to find it. But I think it's the content that we need to really focus on. Uh, Mm -hmm. For the Gallant blog post, though, uh, we definitely can share who it's from because I think the second one is really strong Mm -hmm. in terms of uh, the point of view. But let's start with the goofus one, Mm -hmm. and the headline is "Traditional Advertising or Digital to Market Your Hospital." Question mark, yes, is the answer. So, first of all, let's all say agreed, right? Uh, Even though we've gone out there in an extraordinarily strong way saying you've got to move to the new paradigm, you've got to embrace digital, you've got to embrace content marketing, uh, we're not saying that you abandon traditional marketing utterly. Uh, The main point is that right now, traditional advertising, still to this day, this very day on Friday, uh, that you're recording this, is the number one way. Promotional mass advertising is the number one way hospitals go out and market themselves in terms of cost, in terms of energy, in terms of uh, impressions, whatever you want to you know quantify it. So all we're really wanting is for that to kind of slide down uh, the ladder to where it really belongs, which is one of the last things you should be doing given its ineffectiveness. Mm-hmm. This blog post, though, is kind of um, – it's not just saying, hey, don't forget about traditional. It's so important. It goes a little overboard. So um, <laughs> it, it kind of talks about, it says, there's no doubt that you need to implement a digital marketing strategy for your hospital, but don't neglect the traditional advertising that is tried and true. So we could start right there. <laughs>
1: yes. Why don't we? <laughs> I, I'm not sure I agree <laughs> that traditional advertising is tried and true. It is certainly tried. Yes. I well, think. true. Depending on how you define truth, right? Well, true means it works. That's how I read true. Yes, that's how he's he's positioning it that it is yes. true that there's ROI in it.
0: He says that somewhere in here, he, right?
1: He does right right above it in the sentence right above it. He oh, yeah. ROI are TV commercials, radio
0: spots, and magazines ads still offering substantial ROI? The answer is a resounding yes. Oh. Um, okay. Okay. So. Uh, there's some things in here that I think are still true. We had, a, we had a conversation about this on a podcast maybe a year or two ago. The first point he's making is consumers trust traditional advertising. Mm-hmm. According to a recent Nielsen survey, newspaper ads are still the most trusted form of paid media. And we saw a study like this um, when we talked about it on the podcast mm-hmm. that said internet advertising was one of the least trusted. And we had a long conversation about why that would be, and not necessarily debating this the results of the survey, uh, but why would people trust like a print ad more than an internet ad? And I think one of the reasons is because internet ad is a is a pretty darn broad brushstroke to apply to a lot of different things. Sure. And, you know, people are worried about, you know, clicking on a link in their email and launching a virus or um, spam, or you know, mm-hmm. you're exposed to just all forms of crappy advertising when you're around the internet. So, I think I think that's part of it. Um, what we talked about was if you took a newspaper ad um, from a resource that is trusted, like Target or Best Buy. And you applied advertising from that same brand online. I don't think you would see a distinct difference in trust.
1: So, I, yeah, agreed. Totally so agree.
0: it's, it's it's not really a fair apples to apples, but it's it's there, right? Um, so so he goes on to kind of um, support that, and and, it, and he says, you know, half the participants said they did not trust new media platforms, including social media, online searches, and videos. Um, so I think that's still something that needs to be sorted out. So I think that's, that's fair, right? Um, now, now we get down to some things that are, uh, yeah, not going to work so well for me anyway. Uh, consumers still use traditional advertising. And he says, most people engage in some sort of traditional media use every day. They listen to the radio on their morning commute, read the billboards they pass as they are stuck in traffic, watch TV to relax in the evening, and read their favorite magazine while waiting to pick up their child after soccer practice. So, first of all, what's your guys' viewpoint on that statement that I just read?
1: Well, well, from my perspective, I don't listen to the radio. I don't – I mean, all of these things that he's mentioning is not part of my life worldview, right? So um, – because I don't do any of these things. And if I watch TV, I usually watch it so I can fast-forward through the commercials, um, you know, so I DVR it. Um, but I think that the point is, though, that what, what he's saying is – even though they're being you know they're they're listening to the radio they're reading the billboards that doesn't have anything to do with advertising right I mean even reading a billboard as they passively stuck in traffic does that does that mean that an advertising is effective. That just means that someone views your ad. It doesn't mean that it's actually relevant to them or it's actionable for them. Um, You know, if you would have a stat that would show that people that stuck in traffic that viewed a billboard actually clicked on the link and did something because of it or purchased because of it, which of course, there's no studies that show that because that isn't, that's possible to measure. um, Then, then that would be a different stat. But I think that what he's, he's saying here is he's, it's sort of a broad stroke and it doesn't apply to the advertising medium. That's how I see it.
2: Dana, what do you think? Do you, well, do you, it's funny. Your lifestyle. This actually, um, as sad as this is, uh, I, I do listen to the radio a lot. I do get stuck in traffic and there's billboards everywhere here. Um, and I do tend to watch a lot of TV, mostly, um, sports But I think the the, the point that's made here is I'm not taking any action while I'm listening to the radio. I'll hear some interesting advertisements and do nothing about it, right? And I hear it, but, you know, it's not necessarily um, engaging me or or I'm trying to get somewhere. And so radio is kind of like in the background. Billboards mean nothing to me um, when I see them except, wow, that, you know, like, another one with a bunch of people just kind of telling me about a new deal that I can't do anything because I'm stuck in traffic and I'm angry. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> yeah. Kind of deal. TV, I will say I can see it a little bit. I think that's one of the, probably the the most likely, but we're just, we're so, all of us are slowly moving away from watching live TV, even mm. sports, right? Yeah. You're recording it. You're, you're, the whole point is to, to fast forward through the advertisement. So I think in the sense he's trying to make a good point and at like on the surface, you can, you can kind of agree. And then all of a sudden you think about it and and boy, you made the perfect point is there's no proof there's no um, real evidence to the value. And I feel like he's just overstating, overstating that there is evidence that these things are, are working and it's just not, it's not true, even for someone that I actually kind of do fit into this, which kind of makes me feel like I'm like a, th- a 30-year-old living in a 60-year-old's body. But
0: um, <laughs> No, I don't think so. I mean, every, I mean, I listen to the radio. I see billboards. I get stuck in traffic every day. I watch TV to relax. I do all those things. I read lots of magazines. Um, there's two points, though. And Boyer nailed one, which is, first of all, all he's talking about is impressions. So he says, you know, even though mass media was huge, even with a with a clawback that we're seeing a decline, there continues to be thousands in our markets who are still watching, listening, and flipping printed pages. Um, they're not watching, listening, and flipping printed pages for your advertising. Mm-hmm. They may have, they may impressions may be made upon them, mm-hmm. um, but that the value of an impression is usually negligible, uh, very difficult to measure, right? And it's the last point that we're going to get to. Um, is, is really going to blow all this up. But, um, the other part is, I think, you know, I listen to the radio, but I listen to satellite radio. So mm-hmm. I don't listen to ads. Um, I don't pay attention to billboards, even though I'm stuck in traffic all the time. And I watch TV all the time, but I don't watch commercials because I skip right through them. Uh, in fact, we now our habits in our house are even when we're watching something live, because there are shows we want to watch live, like, well, Game of Thrones, I guess there's no ads on that one, but, mm-hmm. um, or any HBO or Showtime or any of the other ones. Right. But if it's like Walking Dead, we'll start 15 minutes late. Right. Which sounds silly, right? It's like, hey, we, you know, it doesn't save us any time because in the end, we're still going to end at the top of the hour like we would have if we started without skipping the commercials. But we do it so that we can skip the commercials yep.
1: intentionally. Right.
0: Exactly. And I don't think we're alone in that. So it continues to move away from these, um, but this la- I'm going to go to the last point because I think sure. the last point is the most important, um, and this is where this completely falls down. Um, here's what it says. Some sources would wrongly have you believe that traditional advertising is dead. If that is so, somebody needs to tell the marketing team over at Apple. Apple consistently uses traditional media to promote their products. Google also has a track record of relying on traditional advertising to showcase their latest technology offerings. Um, comparing hospitals to Apple or Google is ridiculous. Yep. It's ridiculous. Those are brands that, with the right advertising, can push demand from advertising. So, the more people who see an Apple ad, the more people are likely to go out and buy an, an iPhone. That is not whole true in our world. That, like my famous quote, is I don't care how great the billboard is. No billboard is going to drive you in to have gallbladder surgery, exactly. gallbladder surgery. right? It's not how it works. And we know that, right? But it sounds so simple like, well, Apple does it, so, so should we. And it goes back to what Boyer mentioned before. Um, it's all about relevance. Right. And so even if you've got hospital advertising on the radio, on a billboard, in a TV spot, and somebody happens to see those things or hear those things, just because they're exposed to it doesn't mean they're taking any of the content in at all because for the vast majority of people, that content, if it's done wrong, which most of it is, emotional mm-hmm. messaging, it's mm-hmm. not relevant to them. And mm-hmm. we don't have time to process irrelevant content. There's way too much out there. And that's one of the filters we use as humans. So that's the part that's the most irresponsible to me in this is saying, hey, if Apple does it, we should do it too. We're not Apple. Right. We're not a consumer product.
1: Well, and even even when Apple does it, they don't do it in the way that, you know, like they promote the fact of like, go buy an iPhone. They don't need to do that. What they're promoting is the lifestyle there. When they showcase like an Apple iPhone, um, an iPhone ad, it's all about, you know, the different apps and what the, all the things that you can do. It never overtly says, this is the iPhone. This is how much it costs. Go buy one. It's really, it's more of, it's, it's contributing to their overall brand and it's, they can do it because they have the, pocketbooks to do that well, I mean that's I, the other part you yeah. know i mean that stuff is really expensive you know the thing it reminds me of is uh, here around the twin cities i'm finding on side of billboards and on on on, on billboards and on the side of buses yahoo is advertising yep. out, all over the place right they're on on billboards sides of buses and i think that's just so weird to have a search engine using those mediums to like um uh to, to promote themselves you know it's it's almost ironic and i and i think wow is this what it's come to and maybe maybe what it is is i mean but if you look at it yahoo doesn't have their url on their web on the billboard well they, they don't. don't need to they don't need to right no, it's, it's, it's yahoo <laughs> it, yeah exactly but it's just to support you know what they're trying but the the other challenge i have with those ads so it doesn't tell me what they're doing and what they're really doing is they're trying to change themselves away from a search engine to it like a portal, a news portal is what they're. Well,
0: they've been trying that for a while, right? I mean, yeah. But I mean, it. it to get back to the Apple comment, I yeah, mean, that actually what you're saying would argue for hospital and health system advertising in my mind because it, you know, how they advertise is is almost beside the point. But you're right, Apple does not. It's not trying to like push a product, but they are trying to build a brand, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with building a brand with a hospital and health system. If you're building your brand based on promoting your product or service or or your your organization anyway, any way there's got to be an opportunity for people to act upon and if it's not relevant to them they're not going to pay attention right
1: um
0: and again you nailed the other part of it which is but it would be great if we could have you know a hundred million dollars to spend on advertising because you know it actually does work if 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 a hospital could spend a hundred million dollars in its market just beating people over the head with mm-hmm. traditional advertising um that will help their brand mm-hmm. like, a, they don't have $100 million and B, that's an awfully ineffective way to, to get what you're after. Mm-hmm. Awfully ineffective when so few people can actually act upon your brand at any given time. So it's just, oh, it gives me shivers. It's interesting that we're still having these debates um, mm-hmm. and it, it does make you wonder like where people come from, like what they're what are they trying to sell? I mean, obviously, people could say that about us too, right? Well, you're so much on digital and content marketing because that's what you're trying to sell. No, we do traditional marketing all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. We're just trying to move people to a right you know, proportionality of what they're doing, and so many hospitals and health systems are still using traditional advertising as a crutch. We don't need to be defending it. We need to be moving away <laughs> from it. So maybe that's enough said. Is that fair?
2: One, one quick note just to um – make a point on it too. There's a billboard that's perfect and natural for the iPhone 6. It's the beautiful landscape taken by the iPhone 6, right? So you, you drive right by it and it's like, you know, I think it's maybe of Yosemite or something, just phenomenal photography. What would that do for you as a patient that's healthy and seeing some beautiful hospital building, right? You know, it's just comparing apples to oranges. You're not going to rush in and go, "Okay, I've done right something wrong with me. I'm right. ready to go." You know, it's you're you're trying to buy a product that's really in, you know interesting and doing something that your phone at this time doesn't do, and so that is good advertising. So that that's what was so funny that yeah. the guy just wasn't. He was trying to you know push it to to a level that just was incorrect, <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. It's just a false comparison, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. but it, it's one of those things that sounds good when you say it. Hey, Apple does it, so why shouldn't we? Yeah. Um. But yeah. Okay. So let's go on to the last one. Um, Bora, do you want to take to it? So this is the sure. Gallant blog post, one yes. that we really like. So why don't you give credit to the author, sure. to the um, source, mm-hmm. and give a little synopsis.
1: Sure, exactly. Well, this is an article I found off of Medical Marketing and Media, which is kind of a nice website, mm mmm-online.com. Not a bad place to go to get some information about what's going on. And um, Michael Maher, president of ID Health, um, was the author of this. The article is called What Wearables Can Deliver for Marketers. And it's really going into... Um, the, 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 the ad, sort of the advent of all these medical medical devices, medical products, sort of the, the extension of wearable devices into the healthcare field, covering breast cancer, you know, implanted medication dispensers. is all these things that are coming out, and this is like a burgeoning industry that's happening where your, your smartphones and, and your Fitbits and your Apple Watches and all those other things are suddenly going to be used in a healthcare capacity And initially, uh, we talked about this before, right? In many ways to help with clinical, um, you know, clinical applications. Like there's a wearable artificial kidney or a WAK, W-A-K, I didn't know that was an acronym, um, you know, where you can hook up to a dialysis machine or there's like, you know, um, a a variety of different things. But the point is, is uh, this guy wrote, uh, he says, well, these are all great. The market is expanding into smart clothing, smart glasses, activity trackers, and Smartwatches, But then um, he took it, he started talking about the different ways that you could start using these devices for healthcare marketing. And I thought it was really f- interesting because there are already some organizations out there that are really driving it. Um, you know, uh, they're starting to use sort of the capabilities of these wearable devices to do a variety of things. Um, and in this article, he highlighted a few. <clears throat> the one I liked a lot um he talked about uh, that there are 14 hospitals right now using Apple's HealthKit tool for health applications to collect personal health information, and they're using that into uh, their EMRs, their EHRs, and allowing for doctors to get kind of early detection and treatment of patients with um, different kinds of different kind of conditions. You know, these chronic conditions like diabetes and 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 uh, you know um, heart heart uh, heart problems, et cetera. I think that's kind of interesting, um, the way that is. Now, that isn't necessarily a marketing application, right? But that certainly is a way that you could start to understand sort of the, uh, the, the way your, your patients are interacting with their health and being able to intervene in a communication perspective. And that kind of furthers sort of like um, uh, the, what we've been talking a lot about recently around personalized marketing, being able to start to deliver relevant content to people in a way, depending on their health condition. Um, so I, I mean, I'm talking a lot about this article. What are you guys' thoughts about it? Takeaways. Uh,
0: Well, what I liked about it was it was the first place that I've read where somebody has actually detailed out concepts on how you could apply, you know, wearables from a healthcare, not just a healthcare standpoint, from a healthcare marketing standpoint, because all I've ever seen before is, you know, promise, blah, 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 opportunity, blah, 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 future, right. blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, no, how actually would you do this, right? right? How actually could this come into play? And he's done a really good job of kind of breaking it down into, you know, here's some health innovations. Here's how it's expanding. Here's mm-hmm. some things that are going on out there right now. And here's some opportunities to expand from a marketing standpoint. Um So I just thought it was really well done. Um, It's easy digestible, you know, just from a blog post standpoint. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the content was, you know, while easily digestible, still really rich. There's just good stuff in here.
1: I like the four points he puts at the end about how they can start to enhance richer marketing opportunities. In fact, that's the section he called it, right? So... And it might be worthwhile to just kind of go through them. The first, uh, you know, he's talking about how screens are becoming smaller and smaller. And on Fitbits and on your iWatch, um, you're not, you don't have a lot of content. So he says smaller screens, you know, are really an opportunity where you can start to be a little bit more effective. Because first of all, he mentions something called glanceable content, where you can get content that's like on your watch or, you know, on your uh, Fitbit that can actually give you a notification um, I have one right now um, that, you know, it, it reminds me to, you know, every every hour it gives me a notification to just get up and walk, right, or something like that. But I mean, this is going even further, you know, it's like, imagine if I had a watch there, you know, that, that basically would vibrate whenever I needed to, you know, check my blood sugar or do whatever. That's, you know, that's pretty cool. But you can also then, he goes on to say, start to, um, you know, use that. This is sort of like a two-way engagement. You can actually interact and react back to it. So if your watch vibrated, you can actually do something that actually might, might elicit a a connection back. Great way for marketers to start to connect and understand and start to develop relationship of uh, understanding.
0: Don't you think he's, he's giving some good advice here though. He's being realistic about what you can do with these things,
1: right? Right.
0: Hey, you can't really do a lot of interact. You can't do a lot of um, what he calls it interaction Mm -hmm. um, on a watch. You know, so in other words, don't ask people to type in their stuff or whatever. Your your engagement has to be quick and easy um, because if you're asking people to go back and forth, it's going to be unwieldy. Um, mm-hmm. And that's how I took the Glanceable content too. You know, the one thing I'm going to ask you though,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, this is where one of the funniest bits I've ever seen was Jason Jones on The Daily Show um, doing a bit on Google Glass. I don't know if you guys ever saw this. Um, and it was these people that were – they had complained because they felt they were being discriminated against because they wore Google glass and he just tore him a new one. And part of his point was w- w- you have all this on your phone. Why do you need it in your glasses? And they're like, well, cause it's, you know, it's on my phone, you know, this is right. on right. my glasses. He's like, what's the difference? Um, all of this stuff sounds great. Glanceable content, engagement of interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even the suggestion that you gave, Bor, like, what if wouldn't it be great if my watch could tell me this or that? My phone tells me all those things, right? And what I've come to learn is it then becomes useless because what do you what are you going to have it tell you? Like, my calendar has alerts, my travel schedule has alerts. If I wanted to, I could have a health app that had alerts. And you know what happens when I get alerts now? Hmm. What thing? Because I get an <laughs> alert like every fifteen minutes. Yeah, and it becomes background noise, and I don't even look at it, right? I mean, these alerts that are supposed to help me remember I've got a meeting in 10 minutes, they don't work because it just becomes background noise. So how do you get through that? Um, you know, How does your alert stand out over other alerts? Are you literally competing? Like if you're trying to, to build something um, using the health kit tool and maybe you're trying to connect through the iWatch, how are we going to compete with all the other things that are coming through the iWatch? Well, well,
1: that's yeah. the
0: part that I think takes more Takes more work and more thought.
1: Well, that's where you have to start to think about relevance. That's where you have to start to you know develop ways to be creative to kind of stick out. Um, you know, I uh, it's I've I've had a lot of apps on my phone that you know are designed to kind of help relax you, help you meditate, or whatever. Yep, me too. All right, and I don't use them. Right, <laughs> you but, know
0: what I get? Just just I won't, I'm sorry. Every morning at eight o'clock, I have this app called Calm. Uh-huh. And it's about meditating and right. it's an awesome app, right? And right. every morning it's hilarious because it'll come up with an alert on my phone and I'll say, are you ready to be calm? And I've <laughs> never done it at eight o'clock.
1: I try <laughs> to send it at a time that
0: it would like help me in the day and it just, now is laughable. Like I see right. like, yep, there it is every single day. And I've never once, it's never once prompted me to do it. Which exactly. Is Go ahead. I, well, I no, 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 you're around. right.
1: You're right. And I just downloaded one the other day, Pacifica, because, you know, I want to try these out. And it's interesting because, you know, I tried it once, did it kind of went through the relaxation exercises and then put it aside and didn't open it up again. And then again, a notification uh, the next day at the end of the day, and it says, you know, it's okay not to be calm or not to <laughs> relax every day. We get it. We understand. And just the way they kind of interacted and gave me a notification, it I took up. I took notice, you know, and I went back and I opened it up again. And sure enough, I'm using this app every day. It's interesting. Just because of the way it realizes that people don't want to react to this stuff, right? So you have to be creative. You have to be interesting. Um, you definitely have to be relevant, though, to people too, right? Uh, assuming that you download an app, that you're interested in what that app is. So keeping that interest um, while, you know, we have a tendency to wane our interest on many of these things Um it's like really you know you have to that's where the the creativity comes into play and it becomes very important. So, Dana, do you have a calmness app?
2: No, I did one of those like sleep apps that you know like when you you had deep sleep, when you were active and um to the point is like I didn't stay with it and it actually ended up making me think so much about it I wasn't sleeping. <laughs> <And> <laughs> oh no. You know so it's it's because it was supposed to give me these great statistics of like how well I was doing and all this stuff, and it was just totally opposite but I, I i think the point to it is that it really does need to tie back into everyone's phone. I never would if it was some other kind of um app on some you know a watch or different things or whatever and I, ne- I wouldn't look at it at the results you know it's just mm-hmm. everything is so. on our our mobile and, you know, I mean, everything I look at, every article I'm reading, every, you know, Facebook thing, I'd say 90% of that time it's it's on my phone. We've talked about this before. Yeah, we do. If it's something really engaging, we'll move Mm -hmm. over to our laptop or something, but for the most part. Um, So I think they need to continue to try to flesh that out for people. Um, I think everyone's, yeah, the glasses, the watches, those things – have been tried before. I remember shoes were the big thing. Throw something in your shoe. Um, you know, and it's like, I remember trying to do that. It was, it was like the Fitbit, but you, Nike did something with it.
0: The foot bit, it Yeah. Didn't. And it's like, I think I
2: crushed it or, you know, I couldn't figure out how you to. You
0: crushed it. Yeah.
2: Um, so, you know, it's like all these gimmicks. It's like, just stay simple with what the consume, which I think the article was kind of making the point. Yeah. It's got to be what people need. You know, and the brands that are doing it, Walgreens, they, they're smart like that. It's, yeah. it's something that yeah. I want points for being healthy. That sounds great, or for walking. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was a good article, though.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, we'll post it up there. Uh, we'll also post the other one, and people can take a look at it and make their own judgments about it. So, everybody's got a right to their point of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for that, I think we should wrap it up because we're, <laughs> we're up a deadline here. So, we're going to okay. move on to the next part of our day. But thank you so much for joining us for the podcast. So I'll sign us off for the Healthcare Marketing Underground Podcast. This is Chris Pevelo.
1: And Chris Boyer. And Dana Weymouth.
2: Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.